The air has a slight bite to it, and the group huddles closer. Most of the children are still bright-eyed, listening, but a few of the youngest have fallen asleep. The elder remains seated, waiting, letting the silence and tension grow, until a small voice rises up. It is I, the orphan, that will speak. I am alone. I am powerless and abandoned. I do not feel safe, and I am wounded. I fear being exploited and used. I am a realist with common sense, and my wounds have taught me empathy. My strength lies in my ability to work with others. I expect little from life as I have been disappointed, but this gives me the gift of self-reliance. I know no one can fix me but myself, and I take responsibility for myself. Tonight, I will impart the tale, The Cave of Wait. In the countryside of China, where the peasants spent their days with backs hunched over fields of rice and soy, there was a young girl. Her mother had recently remarried, and while the man provided financial security, he tormented the young girl daily. Waiting for his wife to rise, the man would watch as the girl made the family's morning porridge. After taking a bowl for himself and his wife, the man would knock the morning porridge from the girl's hand, scattering it on the ground. Boxing her ears until they were red and accusing her of being clumsy, the man would send her out with empty stomach to work the dry fields. The girl would work all day, hands at her feet, pulling and seeding, until dark when she was allowed to return for dinner. Her mother would scold her for eating so much and so hastily, but the girl could not tell her mother of the man's treatment. Sometimes the man would wait until his wife had left to work in the soybean fields. When the girl had returned from milking the cow, he would kick the bucket over and call her lazy, demand that she go back out and bring more milk. But the cow was young, and no matter how hard the girl squeezed or pleaded with the cow, she would give no more milk. The man would whip the girl's hands until small red lines opened on them, then send her back to the fields. One morning as the girl kindled the fire, the man tripped over one of her threadbare shoes. Furious, he grabbed the shoes and threw them into the flames. He then yelled at the girl to go to work, but when she asked how she would work without shoes, the man slapped her and decreed that she would work without shoes until she had earned enough money for them. The girl then walked the long road with downcast eyes, wiping at her bloodied nose. That evening, when the girl limped home on broken feet, the man stood in the doorway, blocking her entrance. His arms formed straight lines and his legs punctuated his words. He banished the girl from the house and told her to never return. The girl did not see her mother, and so she turned with her head hung low and ran and ran and ran. She ran past the family field, past the neighbor's rice paddies, and out into the falling night. Ignoring her battered feet, she pushed herself on and on. Finally growing weary, the girl slowed to a walk, but kept going. Only when she stumbled and could walk no further did she become aware of her surroundings and began to look for a place to spend the night. She had passed all the houses and there was no inn. The only thing she could see was a dark cave in the side of the mountain. Foreboding and intimidating, the girl did not wish to enter, but her only other option was to lie in the dirt, exposed to the elements and any wandering creatures. The girl approached the cave and decided that she would creep inside, but go no further than the front opening. Curling up beside a rock, she pulled her arms inside her thin shirt and wished that her skirt was longer to cover her torn, bloody feet. Rocks poked into her back, and her stomach was hollow with hunger, but she managed to fall asleep. The girl woke in the middle of the night. She was unsure of how long she had slept, but the moon still hung overhead. Peering out of the cave, the girl tried to see what had woken her. At first she could see nothing, but as she waited and strained her eyes, a night animal emerged from the tree's shadows. 
The girl froze. Her eyes grew wide and her mouth flopped open. A chill flooded her body as she watched, silent, until eventually the night animal stalked out of sight. The girl was afraid of the dark of the cave, but she was more afraid of what lay outside, walking in the night. She grabbed some sticks lying nearby and crawled further into the darkness. When she could not see the light of the moon any longer, the girl stopped crawling and huddled in the dark, trying to start a fire to keep the darkness at bay. But try as she might, the sticks would not catch. The darkness pressed in on her, and her heart began to beat wildly in her chest. She could not hold back her fear and she began to cry. After a few minutes, a flap of wings made the girl lift her head. Blinking through teary eyes, she saw a white blur. Rubbing the water from her eyes, she saw a silvery white bat perched on a rock in front of her. No light from outside reached that far into the cave. But the bat faintly glowed in the dark, illuminating the rock on which he stood. The girl did not know if the bat was male or female, but the wings stretched as long as she was tall, and pale swirls had embedded themselves in the bat's fur. After seeing the night animal, this creature should have sent the girl running from the cave. But as she examined the bat, and though her heart still beat fast, the bat's milky blue eyes filled her with an awe and reverence. But as she examined the bat, her heart still beating wildly, the animal's milky blue eyes filled her with awe and reverence. The white bat looked at her a little bit longer, then used his claws to climb up the stalactites hanging from the ceiling. Hanging upside down, the bat feasted on the white liquid that dripped from their tips. The girl watched as the milk-like liquid dripped down his chin, and remembered how hungry she was. Keeping the bat in the corner of her eye, she stood beneath another spike and tried to catch the dripping milk in her mouth. But this proved more difficult. The girl glanced at the bat who sent a blue-eyed stare at her, then began to search around for a bowl-shaped rock. Finding one, she placed it beneath the spike to catch the drips. Still, the dripping was too slow, for she could not create suction, and so the bowl did not fill. The girl's thirst and hunger grew unbearable. The bat saw the girl's plight and led her deeper into the cave. As she followed the bat, rocks dug into her feet and the dark made her afraid. But then the cave opened into a small cavern. At the center was a small glowing pool of the same milk-white substance. Looking at the bat, the girl was filled with the knowledge that the spikes that sprung from the ground sometimes overflowed, and the white milk pooled out into this pond. She cupped her hands and lifted the sweet liquid to her mouth, drinking deeply until her thirst was filled. Every morning, the girl rose to a breakfast of this cave milk. In fact, she drank it three times a day, always accompanied by the white bat, and she needed nothing else to sustain her. While she grew stronger, her feet were another matter. Still torn and battered from her field work and her flight, the bat showed her how to make a paste from guano and tearing strips from her skirt. The girl bound up her feet. Every day, the white bat taught the girl something different. She learned not to rely on fire, which could go out in an instant from a cupful of water, a quick wind, or a handful of dirt. No, the bat taught her to use her ears and nose, her hands to sense. The bat had taken to dimming his glow and would make her explore the dark cave, using her ears to listen, her nose to smell the sharp breath of the wind, and her hands to grasp and feel for the rocks that could injure her. Her feet grew calluses and she was able to take off the bandages and the rocks no longer poked and cut her. The girl had grown to be familiar with the cave, to not fear the dark, and to know with all her senses, not just her eyes. On her diet of the cave milk, she had grown tall and strong. Her clothes no longer hung off her, but were full with her flesh and muscles. One day, the girl bunched her arms, gathering her courage, and climbed the cave walls, digging her calloused feet in. Hanging upside down, the girl straddled the stalactite, and gripping with her hands, drew a long pull of milk from the spike. 
The white bat hung upside down next to her, also feasting, and they eyed each other as they grew full. One night, the silvery white bat flapped down to sit on the rock where it had first revealed itself. The milk blue eyes stared at the girl unblinking. She knew it was time to go back. They stared at each other for a few minutes more, and then the white bat spread its huge wings and flew glowing into the darkness of the cave. The girl sighed and then stood. Upon leaving the dark of the cave, the landscape was laid before her and night vision filled her eyes. Her time spent in the cave had granted her the ability to see uncannily well in the dark. This was how she began to make her way home. However, on the way, she spied the night predator stalking in the dark, but she chose another path and went around him. Upon reaching her old house, the girl saw the man sitting outside. She had grown much taller in the time she had been away, and so the man did not recognize her at first. But upon seeing the scar that slashed across her nose from one of his many strikes, he knew her. Why he was sitting outside the house at such an hour, the girl did not know, but this did not stop him from immediately announcing his outrage at her return. A few times, the man moved to hit her, but something in her eyes stopped him. The girl opened her mouth to speak and defend herself, but her ears heard what she could not see. The racing of a heart, and her nose smelled musk on the wind. She did not turn to see if it was true, but her ears and her nose told her the night animal had followed her. The man was too blinded by anger and spite to notice the animal, and so the girl waited as she let the night creature creep closer and closer. She kept her back to it, and though fear tried to leap from her heart into her throat, she kept a firm grasp on it and even closed her eyes. A twitch from her skin told her the right moment, and she turned in a swirl, sending her body out of the way, letting the night animal plow into the man. If the girl had opened her eyes, she would have only seen a flash of white teeth and fangs. But she kept them closed and listened until the heavy breathing faded away. When she finally opened her eyes, the night animal and the man were gone.